0: The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cat Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Podcast. And now let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat Publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
1: Welcome to the Power Cat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The Guys Are Back from Frisco. That sounds like a bad beat Western. The guys are back from Frisco. We took care of business. Yeah, well,
2: D. Scott and Zach Carlson, Riley Gates, and their horse. I don't know the horse's name. Ur- ugly. <laughs> ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: good job in Frisco boys. You kick some booty. I edited a lot of stuff. It was outstanding coverage.
3: Didn't watch all your videos. Sorry. You're better at podcast. Yeah, what's new? Than me. <laughs> what is You're better at the podcast intro than I am.
1: You know, what's, uh, I was listening to you do that and it reminded me of me early on. Like you don't know how to that was my thing and I'm still not great at getting in and out of stuff. In the middle I'm fine. But, you know, right. doing like straight up radio when I did came in for a while. I couldn't get in and out of breaks very well. I just wasn't good at it. I just it's 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 weird. an art. It's an art. And basically
3: without referencing our sponsors, we're kind of a cat in a tree, you know.
1: I went into the fridge the other day. <laughs> I asked Kevin, I said, has anyone asked for a VHS copy of Die Hard? And he goes, no, they have not. And I go, I'm going to persist. Go to the fridge, buy lots of liquor, and ask for Die Hard on VHS. Let's make this happen. But only
3: do it if Kevin's there, because I think Uh, if any of the other (laughs) employees, they're going to look at you really confused.
2: I bet you he
1: looked at Fitz and was like, Fitz, what are you talking about? He did.
3: And he just played (laughs) along with it, like, oh, yeah. He said,
1: I listen to you while I'm working, so I don't really listen to you. And I said, that's the best way to listen to me. That's what my wife does. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy I love you Kevin I know It's so anyhow We're sponsored and by The Fridge And you've never met him And well, the, uh, I know, I've talked to Kevin before Oh have you? Okay oh, yeah. and I thought you were just out. saying it uh, <laughs> uh, You guys down over there? Come on And this uh, segment's brought to you by Tanner's I want to bet you Tanner's was hopping on Monday night Just hopping I think so I was yeah, going probably. down but I wasn't I wasn't going to feel I wasn't feeling real whoopee, So I passed on going out And uh, But I bet it was hopping Passed well, on going out on a Monday <laughs> Yeah yeah, well, you got to understand that I know the guys I was going out with. It was going to deplete my system of, yeah. you know, of anything of value. Fair it's, enough. So I was going to have a long Tuesday, but I couldn't hardly do anything on Monday, so I just watched at home. And it reminded me of what K-State did to Oklahoma. Now, look, Clemson's a really good football team. Don't get me wrong. But expectations, mine included, congratulations on beating me in the picks because only because you picked Clemson to be a— contrary to me. Yeah, I literally told you that's why I was doing it. And he won. There we go. Um but everyone thought Alabama would win and win handily. Yeah. And and how it reminded me of the Oklahoma-K-State game was Oklahoma came out in 2003 in the Big 12 Championship and looked like they were going to run rule knocked you in the mouth. Right. And K-State recovered. Well, it kind of looked like Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, Alabama was going to get it under control and get it going. And then the ropes started to slide through their hands, and then you saw the great coach Nick Saban, who I contend isn't a great coach. He's an incredible recruiter. I mean, yeah. if he was a great coach, he would okay. had he had an incredible record everywhere else he went. He I'm gonna going to disagree with you. He was okay. Hey. He was a bad coach Monday night. A I would agree coach. with that. Um, Start doing weird stuff. Fake field goal. Oh, Fake
3: field goal when the other team was ready for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. He doubled down. I know it was it was bizarre to watch, and uh, you know it just started just a steamroll. Just it just started going on them, and it was unbelievable to watch. Clemson kicked their ass, and college football everywhere but the SEC said thank you. Eight months ago, Trevor Lawrence went to prom, and then yesterday
3: he. One of the greatest college football coaches of all time.
1: Was he the prettiest girl at the prom?
3: <laughs> he <laughs> sure looked like he had longer hair than his he's date. He's a very unique looking dude. He had longer hair than his date. Yeah, he's a very unique looking dude. Boy, is he good. And his voice does not match his body whatsoever. I didn't hear so him once. He talks like this. Really? Huh. He, sounds, he sounds like
1: this. Yeah, good for him. I'm glad. They've got some, they got, they're got. they throwing the ball to receivers. This guy's hardly played this year. He's <laughs> like 10 times better than any K-State receiver. I'm like, am ah, what what's going on? I mean, how come K-State has so many great receivers that have gone into the NFL? Too, and, uh, <laughs> right? Two. And, right? Is it two? Is it two? Am I forgetting anyone? I mean, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know all the NFL receivers. Mm-hmm. And uh, But these guys, it's like a freak show out there. You would think they were all be in the NFL. I don't know. Those are great football teams, and a strange part of me is almost glad that Oklahoma's kicking ass in recruiting, because I feel like that that will put the Sooners out further in front of the rest of the Big Twelve. Follow me on this, and then we'll all have to chase them. We'll all have to up our game to try to keep up with them. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm fascinated that Oklahoma's doing so well in recruiting. Um, they're
3: killing it. Yeah. So and now they have a real defensive
1: coordinator. Uh, they're... I'll see if they can actually uh, run run a real defense with that offense. That offense makes it hard. they got to get a new quarterback. So. so much for the SEC having great defenses. The Big 12 is the only conference that does not play defense. Yeah, well, good for you guys. It's fantastic. Just fantastic to watch the SEC suffer. It's awesome. It's pretty fun. Because they do get the best players. They are recruiting in the best area of the United States to recruit high school football players. There's no doubt about it. There's other pockets of it out there in the Northeast and the, the Iron Belt up there in Ohio and Michigan. And yeah, there's some good football, Pennsylvania. But man, that South, where the weather's warm and you get to play a bunch of games from Texas to Florida, it's the best. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and Clemson has made the most of sitting smack dab in the middle of all that and taking advantage of it as a non-SEC program. That's essentially functioning as an SEC program, uh, except they, they play a real schedule because the SEC doesn't. They got some dogs. They're good. Brent Fennibald's a pretty good defensive
3: coach. Maybe K-State should think about hiring him someday. I think they tried. Oh. It not work out. Damn. I don't think he's ever going to be Too a head coach. Too bad. If he's a head coach, he'll be at Clemson. Yeah, When Dabo Sweeney wins his fifth national title and goes to work with underprivileged youth in Africa on a mission trip. No, he's going <laughs> to perform the heel
2: turn and return to his alma mater. <laughs> Dabo Sweeney's the guy that would quit from coaching
3: to go do, give back to I people, know. though. I like, know. He's, he's I love him.
1: I love him. Plus, he's he's got the name of a cartoon character. Dabo? Dabo. <laughs> hey, you Dabo. <laughs> oh my god uh, Here we go uh, We're sponsored by The Fridge And Tanner's And here's your questions From Wabash Station From Purple Powerhouse Why is brusketball ball So spectacular Spectacularly Inconsistent Every single year Okay let's follow The history of the word brusketball ball Which I hate by the way But anyhow It was originally It came out Immediately after it's hire hired To be an insult That it was bad basketball And then last year At the end of the year It it was a compliment because it was good basketball, and now it's back to being an insult, right?
3: Yeah, it okay. is, and I'll just say this. It's not so inconsistent.
1: It's consistently—I
3: Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, this is what it is. This it's, is what it's been. It's consistently inconsistent. inconsistent. I it, mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. Take that 13-5 in 2013.
3: Is that what their conference record was when yeah, they won it? 13-5, 12-6, yeah. so whatever. Take that year out. This is exactly what K State basketball is. When he got his players, you lose a lot, you win a lot, you're right in the middle, guys, and that's what it's going to be. That's what I told everybody it was going to be before this year started. That's what it was last year when they went to the Elite Eight. Can they get to nine and nine?
1: <sighs> mathematically, mathematically, sure. <laughs> so, so like it's a must win, but they, I mean, don't really need. Look to Look at win. it this way:
3: you can only lose six more games, seven more games. Excuse me. In order to
1: go nine and nine. Well, Hold I hope the podcast picked that up. This is why we're building a studio. I don't know what that was. It's like it was a motorcycle. It's like a moped. It's not like a hopped up moped just went by on 4th Street. <laughs> go ahead. They can lose seven more
3: games and be nine and nine. You've got to play Kansas twice. You're not going to win either of those two. You got to play Texas Tech another time probably not going to win that one. I don't care that you just lost by six. You're probably not going to win them. Yeah, so that's that a three point blowout. That's three losses right there.
1: So you're down to four.
3: I don't think you can – I don't see how them getting to 500. I don't either. I think 8 and 10 is their high mark.
1: I don't either. I don't see it. I I, I don't see it. And it's not just because you don't have Dean and is injured. It's just they're dysfunctional right now. It's because you run the most incompetent offense well, in college basketball. Well, and you're seeing tension on the court now. There's something there. Yeah. It's this team's fracturing, and for the first time, I'm going to be really blunt here. For the first time, I'm on Kamau's side. Barry's out of control. Mm -hmm. Barry's taken over for Kamau for the, I want my shot, screw the rest of you. That's what happens when you work out with the Lakers. Did he work out with the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah. I seem to remember someone else who Hmm. worked out with big guys and then thought he was... LeBron James, skill camp? Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... uh, but, you know, it gets back to managing your roster, managing your locker room, and it's always been an issue. From
2: Watacat, how
1: do we make Sneed good again? He's not that great. He's really athletic, and he uh, gets on hot streaks. He's, he's Wesley Owandu. He's a better Wesley Owandu, so yeah. I think he could play in the league. I just said this on the board. Someone said... Uh, push back on the idea that they're a good shooting team that Bruce has. They're not a good shooting team. I don't know where the hell Bruce Weber's come up with this. that they're a good shooting team? They just miss shots, Fitz. They're good. They just miss shots. Yeah, they take bad shots. Well, that's probably your fault more than their fault. But anyhow, they're not a good shooting team. Who's who's the pure shooter on the team? Dean Wade. Mm -hmm. But he won't take a shot. So that's not a good shooting team. A good shooting team is having guys that can make it, know they can make it, and take it. And this team isn't that. they got a bunch of guys that maybe can make it, and they take it, and they don't make it. And once in a while, they hit a streak to make their stats look not horrible. Not good. Not horrible. 33% from three or whatever it is. But they remember that I hit four out of five in the second half of that game, so now I can hit four out of five every... They they have a shooter's mentality without being pure shooters. It drives me insane. But this is who they recruit. I I think X can play in the league. And I think he has the ability to be an all-Big
3: 12 type of player, but he doesn't get to that point. And I, and I can't point to you and say what it is because, you know, I, I in fairness, I don't know his stats from Texas and, and West Virginia because I was a little bit out of the loop with going to Frisco. But before that, his rebounding numbers were absolutely insane. It was like 8, 9, 11, uh, 13 in like a four-game stretch or something like that. I mean, he was rebounding like, like an animal. And so I don't think it's his aggression. I don't think it's his smarts. He knows it I just I just don't think he's a scorer necessarily. I think he can he's one of those guys that can get hot like he did against Kentucky last year. And I think Xavier Sneed's capabilities are a lot like the ceiling of K State basketball, where you saw them do it on a big stage, you saw them go to the Elite Eight, you saw Xavier Sneed explode against Kentucky, and so now you have this expectation, you have this bar that you've set. And when they're not meeting that bar, you're a little bit disappointed in them. And maybe that bar's a little bit too high, and I think that's kind of where it is for X right now.
1: They got there because they were incredibly energized and focused and detail-oriented, and they're none of those things now, and they can't figure out why they're not playing at that level. Yeah. Right? I mean, here's here's to finish my point, is when you look at someone like Wesley Wanda, who went through four years at Kansas State, and not until his – senior season did he try to fix his shot. And, Halfway through his senior season. And nominally season. <laughs> did it. And now he can shoot the ball in the NBA. Something's going on here. As soon as he leaves K-State, someone fixes his shot. Uh, you got guys that just... Look, you can look at their shot and say they're not a good shooter. There's some guys out there who have an effed up shot. Uh, that stands for fund up, by the way, or... Uh, Fudge. Fudged up. Funked. Funked up. Um, And are good shooters. That's hard to explain. But pure shooters are pure shooters. They stroke it. It's pretty common through basketball. And when you have a kid come in and it has bad hand placement with his free hand or his shooting hand, fix it. It's an easy fix. It'll take some while for muscle memory to kick in, but it can be fixed. And they don't. They don't. From Aggieville
2: Survivor, with this basketball team, it seems there's always excuses for why they didn't win with those coming from Bruce, uh, from Bruce Weber. Uh, do you feel this is a product of him losing the locker room several years back, and he is trying to appease the players and be more of their friend instead of a coach in trying to avoid another roster fiasco?
3: I think there's a little bit of validity to that. Um, look, we know Bruce. Bruce is a nice guy. Bruce is someone that doesn't want to uh, throw people under the bus, and and I credit him for that. You know, I don't, I wouldn't want to be known by my players as the guy that's willing to throw them under the bus when anything goes south. But I think that to an extent, that hurts Bruce Weber. I think that he doesn't necessarily look. Bill Self's not afraid to come out to the reporter. They lost to Iowa State by 17 on Saturday, and he told people that they didn't have a leader. They didn't have anybody to to point this team in the right direction. He's called his guys soft in the past, and it works. It may not be the prettiest thing in the world. It may not be fun for, your, for you to hear that about your own guys or about yourself, but it works. There needs to be a medium line between – accepting responsibility as a coach and saying, I didn't have them prepared well enough. And also, you guys got to play better, you know, and and mean it. Don't just say, oh, well, you know, we got to hit shots. That's the easiest excuse in the world to throw out. Oh, well, you know, if we just hit shots. Of course. If K-State threw a touchdown pass every time they snapped the ball, they'd win a national championship, okay? It's easy to just say, if we're hitting shots, we're a good team. You got to call them out. You got to be strict with them, but find that balance, like I said, And it won't come off as excuses so much. I think that's what upsets people about Bruce Weber a lot is that he comes out and says things like that. He says, you know, well, we played good defense for a while. Yeah, you might have, but it's not good enough. And that's what looks like an excuse.
1: For the record, my health lasted 15 minutes and then I broke down. Yeah, Fitz, Fitz,
3: Fitz is a little bit dead right now. But I, I just think that's what plays into him being known as as a quote-unquote excuse maker or, or somebody that's not willing to, to accept blame.
1: If the coach isn't holding you accountable, why do you hold yourself accountable? Mm-hmm.
2: Period. From Atlanta Wildcat 75, at what point do we begin to panic? It feels like a lot of fans are off the hashtag confident
3: Bruce mindset. Amazing how quickly that went south, isn't it? Oh, wait. They may have just caught fire and had a nice three-game winning streak in the NCAA tournament? Huh. It's amazing how quickly people will change when it's the easy and and fun
1: narrative to take on. Look, the injury isn't an excuse. It can't be an excuse because you did it in the NCAA tournament without him. You can't use the injury as an excuse. It's a factor, but it's not an excuse. I mean, panic starts tomorrow. Yeah, if they lose to West Virginia... There's big trouble in uh, River City. Because, guys, is River music City? Music Man? What? What uh, is River City? I just made a Music Man reference. I don't know. I've never seen Music Man. Go ahead.
3: Guys, guys look at the raw, or the, the schedule. If they start 0-3, they're going to go to Iowa State on Saturday, looking for the first Big 12 win against a team that just beat Kansas by 17 on their home floor. Now, I know K-State won in Ames last year. This is a different Iowa State team. They added a really solid transfer. Then they're going to play Oklahoma, who is – Perhaps the most surprising team in the NCAA. I mean, honestly, they lose Trey Young and they get better. I don't know, much better. But there's a realistic possibility this team could start 0-5, and then they play TCU, which I think they can win. But if they start 0-5, you can't say that they can beat anybody. So I don't know what the heck's going to happen with this team. Um, but the pan- like I said, the panic starts tomorrow. If you lose to West Virginia, the panic sets in. And I just have a feeling Bob Huggins isn't going to let his team lose. That's kind of where I'm at. They're a pretty bad team right now, but don't you think Bob Huggins can coach a little bit? He
1: can. He can outcoach people. Well, he can coach, but he can intimidate an official into getting his way. And I think bad he's going to. He. I'll be very interested to see who the refs are because I think Coach Huggins is going to pick the weak link and eat them alive because I've seen him do it. When he was at K-State, I mm-hmm. see him do it all the time. It's brilliant. He picks the weakest of the three and then works them into the dirt.
3: And they got screwed against Texas <laughs> Tech in that Big 12 opener on some calls. And so I think that maybe there's a little bit of karma heading his way. You know, eh,
1: well, we, we kind of gave him the, the shaft in that one game. we got to make up for it here. We'll see. It's it's a huge game Wednesday night. Luckily, it's only at 6 instead of 8. Whoa. What the hell, Big 12? Stop, stop putting games at 8. I mean, that's how it works. I know six and eight. Two o'clock. windows. I know. Can we play? But well, couldn't three? you do the windows for the teams that don't have a fan base that have to travel a bunch? You should play at three o'clock on a Wednesday. I like it.
2: I like it a lot. <laughs> and then we'll all go to Aggieville together. Yes. From AZ Cato Five, how would you turn around K State basketball's offensive woes? I don't know.
3: I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer because I'm not a basketball coach. I'm not a basketball coach, but we've been preaching the same thing for three, four years now. Where is a half-court offense? I don't know. Look, I'm not a genius. I didn't... We, we know that. <laughs> I'm not the smartest guy on a basketball floor, and my high school stats would reflect that. However, I understand you cannot dribble at the top of the key for 24 of the 30 seconds.
1: That's a real problem. It's
3: ridiculous.
1: Barry's out of control with this. Everybody is, though. It's mostly Barry. Yeah, But everyone does it. Everyone dribbles and stands around, and when they look good, they move the ball, they penetrate and kick, and they break down defenses, and they work it and work it and work it. It's so easy to put up on film, this is you good, this is you bad. Even if we're not running an offensive substance, even if we're not running set plays to get you an easy basket because you haven't scored a field goal in 10 freaking minutes, can't run one set that'll get you an easy basket. Run the back door. Do something. You can't do anything. I don't know what it is. Do something instead of scream at Barry.
3: I can't comprehend how a multi-time conference coach of the year and a coach that's coached in a national championship game with an undefeated squad doesn't know how to beat a zone. I know how to beat a zone. Flash the damn high post.
1: It's not hard. Well, and what's what's baffling about that is when you have Dean Wade, you have one of the most equipped players in the country to do the exact thing you need done. Go to the high post, catch and shoot. Go to the high post, catch and shoot. He will make that 70% of the time as long as he believes he will. And they don't do it. And when he's back on the floor, do we think they're going to do it? Probably not. No. From David
2: W. Katz, I miss the days long ago when I could sit down to a K-State game and think if we play well, we could score 100 points. Will that ever happen under Bruce Weber? No,
3: because one of Bruce Weber's greatest strengths, coaching defense, is one of his greatest weaknesses. I truly believe, and I haven't sat in on enough practices, so I I can't say this for certain, but I truly believe a lot of what he preaches and practices is you lock down on defense for 30 seconds. You make them turn the ball over, and we're going to get an easy bucket. And therefore, our offense doesn't matter that much because we're going to get these buckets in transition. And, and it's a great mindset when it works. And then he doesn't let them run enough. Yeah. You'll see him tell them to back it off. It's a great mindset when it works. But when you face a team like Tech that comes out of the gates as hot as they did or uh, a team like Iowa State that can hit the shots, you're not. it's not going to work. And then you're standing there with your you-know-what's in your hands because you don't know how to run a half court offense, it blows my mind. Uh, you know what?
1: Uh, we'll so let you use your some, imagination. Some on that peanuts, one. some like bag of peanuts in your hand. <laughs> I don't know. What I'm Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving
2: on. Am I like Pickles' cat? Am I crazy for taking more positives than negatives away from the tech game?
1: You're, you're a pickle in your hand. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are crazy. Uh, look, they yeah, can man. defend. They can defend really well. Um, they did. A lot of things right in that game. I broke it all down in that way too long analysis piece. <laughs> uh, you know, they out-rebounded them. They forced more turnovers, uh, but they they can't shoot. They they have a game where they get hot, and they you know fortune smiles upon them. But you can look over the team stats, and that's what they are. That's who the, that the cumulative stats are who they are, not one game. Um, So they defended their butts off for the most part. They had some breakdowns, and they still lost. You know, they got out-hustled for – if you're Kansas State and you want to win, you can't get out-hustled, period, end of story, and they got out-hustled. That, Riley Gates, is what bothers K-Staters. They cannot stand their team. Bad shooting, good defense, acceptable. You get out-hustled, they don't accept it because that's not the lifestyle they've lived. Yeah, I compare
3: that. Texas Tech game a lot to the Texas football game this year where you just get absolutely smacked in the first half and you look awful and the other team kind of kicks it in cruise control a little bit and says, you know, we, we got this one in the bag. Let's just not blow it totally and it looks a lot better at the end. So you got some things you can take away. You can point to the schedule and go, "Oh, we only lost to Tech by 6 in Lubbock. That's that's pretty good." Hey, moral victory. But it's but it's not. So, sorry pickles. I love you,
2: but Moral you're crazy. victory.
1: Let's have another moral victory on Wednesday and barely lose to West Virginia.
2: From T Everson, despite Dean and Kamal being out, this team shouldn't look this bad. How worried should we be about our depth?
3: I worried, yeah, but not anymore. I'm, I'm playing a lot of the card this year of "I told you so," because we oh, yeah, haven't noticed. <laughs> but this is this is what I told people yeah. it was. Look, Mike McGurl is a decent player, but his <coughs> Creighton game was an outlier. Cartier Jada had a really nice year last year, but nobody had him on tape. Of course, he was going to go off. They're not a very deep team, despite what Bruce Weber would have you believe. And I, I get it, you you've seen flashes, so you want to feel confident about these guys. But until you do it on a consistent basis, you can't tell me you have that deep
1: of a bench. I remember one day in college I had a really good hair day. That doesn't mean I have good hair. I mean that you just keep judging people by their best and not by what's common. Let's be really honest here. He did a good job of recruiting four years ago, got the best player in Kansas that for whatever reason KU passed on, who would probably be being talked about for a first-round pick, and if Bill Self had coached him, um, or he would have quit. Yeah. And uh, Barry Brown and Kamal Stokes have done a very good job of playing above their grade and improving themselves in their own ways. Uh, that that group, that group of three, has been special, and they played with DJ Johnson, who was a, a really a steal in recruiting, and also improved themselves quite a bit. Xavier Sneed came in as a four-star has played like a three-star, now is playing like a four-star at times, and he is the best recruit they've gotten since those other three, right? And he's a junior. They haven't had anyone of substance since Xavier Sneed, and he's a junior. Cody Ajada, moments, but not great. Mike, don't take the McGurl. Great (laughs) moments, not great overall. Great
3: moment. Yeah.
1: Uh, Sean Neal Williams. I enjoyed his boy band records, but he's got a long ways to go on, ba- on the basketball court. Um, really. And the big men, you know, Mac is.
3: He's a, whiffed on a lot of big men, though. Mac
1: is okay, but he's a transfer. He's not even a pure recruit. I mean, he transferred in. Their big men that they have recruited outside of DJ, their first season, their first recruit have stunk. Nigel Shad. I mean, Dean Wade, but. That might have Dean played
3: Wade. 40 minutes total in his career.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's, this is awful. It's It comes down to not getting enough good players. You can talk about what they need to do to get better. Folks, they don't have enough good Big 12 level players. They have a very special group here that they should be playing at a high level with who should be leading the team and accelerating the, the team's ability to play like they did in the tournament last year, but that's not happening. Here we are. From
2: Wildcat Wabash, uh, when do we get to call last year's postseason run an outlier?
1: Now, no, yeah. no. Well, I kind of called it yeah, last sure. year an outlier, but it was fun. It was hopeful. Um, but if the
3: tournament bounces the way it's supposed to, Kansas State's number twenty-two to start the year, maybe right. And the expectations are a lot lower. I mean, like you said, they were basically a one seed last year.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: They, once they beat Creighton, they played a sixteen. You know, that's,
3: and credit for beating Kentucky, but you should never have played in that game, realistically.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Virginia would have just so choked them down with that defense. But then again, maybe Virginia was never that good and that you know, they get you get some familiarity in your conference and you know how to play people and maybe they thrived on that, but yeah, it was what it was. They for me the big win was Kentucky. There's no there I cannot yeah. explain how they won that game. I still look at that game and the comic visuals of who was covering who on the court and the fact that every play on, player on Kentucky was better than Kansas State's best player on the floor. And K-State won. It means you're always in every game. You know, they, they Kentucky was a perfect example of what didn't happen at Tech. If you play really good defense and do other things well enough, you can win. You can beat people. But if you don't, if you play really good defense and don't do other things well enough, you're going to lose. Whether it's by six or by 20, it's going to break down.
2: Last question of the first half from AZ Cato 5. Both K State and West Virginia are 0 2 in the
3: conference. How confident are you that K State can win this game? I think it says a lot that West Virginia is coming in here at 8 and 6. And I don't. If you put a gun in my head, I'm probably going to pick K State, but I don't necessarily think they're going to win. You know, and this is a really toss up game. And. And Bob Huggins has lost a lot from last year. And he's lost a lot this year with Sagaba Canante not playing. And I still am
1: not confident K-State can win this game. I think that says a lot. Yeah, he's going to have them tough and ready to play. They're just not very good. K-State should win this, even without Dean Wade. Um, And I think it's going to tell you everything you need to know about this team and this season. If they lose at home to a West Virginia team, that's as bad as these Mountaineers are, because they're bad. Yeah. They're not good. And not defending your home court against them, no. and it's just, that'll be quite the snowball. Yeah, it really will be. Well, that's it for the first half of the Powercat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge, Wholesale Liquor. And, of course, that half was brought to you by our friends at Tanner's, best place in town to watch a sports game. And, sports game. Sports game. Watch, watch some sports ball. Sprots. Sports. Um, and uh, get on down there, have a cool refreshment, and the KC Burger. Oh.
0: Burger. We'll be right back after this break. The Power Camp podcast continues shortly.
3: I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the Fridge is more than just a liquor store. The Fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers. Plus, they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year.
0: Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next
2: liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. 1150 Westport in Manhattan. Online at
0: FridgeLiquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Pritchin and the other Go sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only Go PowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. I'll we'll try not to have a coughing
1: fit in the second half. No guarantees. Sliding downhill. Got a cold I can't shake, boys. Got a cold I can't shake. Considering it might be a disease. <laughs> I know. Might have a little Ebola. There's <laughs> a little case of Ebola. I Had some monkey meat over the holidays. Or is
2: it
3: Ligma? I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> ligma balls. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, wow. I don't. I don't I, no. I don't, <laughs> out of everything, no, Fitz has ever said no, on a podcast.
1: No, do We no. have
2: to edit that out.
1: No, we're leaving. Uh, it. Okay, it's we're okay. leaving it. Uh, we're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Go in there and ask them for some ligma balls. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that to our tell sponsors. Them, tell them it's it's kind of like rum Shotta <laughs> It's but it's different. <laughs> Oh, my God. I went into the fridge uh, New Year's Eve, and I bought the ingredients for the cable car martini, and I served cable car martinis at our New Year's Eve party. That was a smash. I
3: had a martini at an Aggieville establishment <laughs> well, one time. I didn't care for it all that much. Where at? Well, I don't want to say, because then it makes it sound like I'm taking a dump on them. And
1: Was it one of our sponsors? No.
3: Were you above ground? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, fine. I'll just say, I'll just say it. I was at Porter's for nacho pitcher night and there was a logo. There was a, there was a waitress or a bartender training. Um, and so she was making drinks and then they like were thrown away. And I was like, well, why don't we just drink them if you're just going to throw them away? And I don't think it was even her talent of making the drink. I think it was just martinis. I just look, there's, there's, it's gin. Yeah. I,
1: I don't drink gin martinis. I hate gin. I despise gin. Um, but there's martinis that are like play martinis, and there's real good martinis. Like well, a, maybe you should make me one sometime, then. Oh, I will. Man, those cable car martinis are good. They're, it's the only drink I have with spiced rum. So it's spiced rum and what, orange, like? Orange carousel and um, a little, uh, not, it's lemon juice with simple syrup cutting it real lemon juice or bottled lemon juice well it's supposed to be real squeezed lemons but i didn't have the mm. i did like lemon juice mm. yeah i know i cheated That's you're supposed to juice it it's like my brother
3: when he squeezes that bottled lemon juice into a boulevard and he's like
1: oh yeah boulevard with lemon and i'm like no not yeah. at all no i agree with you on that totally agree with you but that is a lot to get the amount of lemon juice i needed i would have had to buy like i don't know how many lemons 30 lemons? Yeah, that would have been expensive. It would have been and nuts. But anyhow, the and then you put a little uh, fine sugar and cinnamon on the rim. It's delicious. So well, bought I it really all try. at the fridge. Really good stuff. Good ingredients. And this segment is brought to you by... Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill, if you want a good martini (laughs) and you were in Aggieville, go see Mark. He will make you a delicious martini. Ask him for the Lemon Drop, which is my favorite martini, which is basically lemon vodka, hardly cut. In a glass. (laughs) With sugar on the rim, and then uh, you don't know who you are after about three of them. Or (laughs) me, four of them. Oh, ooh, big I, shot. I'm just a big dude. It takes more <laughs> alcohol to get to me. But anyhow, get into Wahoo, and I hope some of you made it down for the New Year's Eve. It looked fabulous, but we did our own thing at our own house. By God. Here we go. The second half, we get into a little football here, I believe. And with our questions from Wabash Station, here's Zach Carlson. Put down your phone, Zach. From KSU
2: number one, your impressions of the assembled staff post-FCS championship?
3: I think it's a good group. I really do, you know. There's what I find interesting about it is that they're all different kind of people. You know, you got an older guy in Courtney Messingham, you got a younger guy in, in Jason Ray, and then, I, I, granted, I didn't get to talk to Conor Riley because um, he wasn't around when we were there Thursday, and then he's doing Irish mob shit. So, yeah, good. you know, and then Joe Klanderman is just kind of a. I hate to use his name. He's an average Joe, you know, that's kind of the vibe I got, but it, it seems like a group of guys that clicks for some reason. And I can't put my finger on it. Maybe it's just the North Dakota state culture. Um, but I really like them. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be if they, if they struggle it's going to be very hard well not very hard it's our job but you know to to be critical of guys that I think are really good dudes you know and um you know it comes
1: down to that yeah I had I had a former player last night texting me about what a horrible hire this is blah 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 I'm like well it doesn't matter what you think it it really didn't matter if I think it's a good hire you think it's a bad hire it all comes down to results. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks. I think they're going to be good. I think they get it. I think they get the culture. I think they understand what kind of brand of football they need to play. If they can recruit the players and develop other players like Bill Snyder's done, they're going to be okay. Now, my first thought on Courtney Messingham, uh, it went past all of you guys because I don't think you appreciated the brilliance of this description, was he looks like he's working the contract counter, contractor counter at a lumberyard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but didn't D Scott say <laughs> he like worked at, at something related to a lumberyard or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he did. So.
1: And, and then uh, uh, Joe Klanderman kind of looks like a real estate agent. <laughs> like, you show up on Sunday for the open house, and hi, I'm Joe Klanderman. Yeah. Remax.
3: But in all reality, (laughs) in all seriousness, they the thing I think is it was really notable was that they took that I emailed the North Dakota State sports information guy who was very helpful. I don't mean to make this sound like he wasn't helping us, but I emailed him asking if assistance would be available. And he's you know, he knew who I was with. And he kind of straight up told me that he didn't think they were they were going to want to talk about K-State. And we were prepared for that. Yeah. and, And I understood that. So I was kind of going into it thinking maybe the assistant coaches had told him that. But they were more than willing to talk about K-State. I thought it was interesting. You know, um, in fairness, you know, we did kind of, as you conduct an, you're supposed to conduct an interview, you prepped them and kind of talked about North Coast State a little bit and then kind of transitioned into K-State. But the thing that I thought was most notable was that Joe Clannerman's willing to, or not Joe Clannerman, excuse me, Jason Ray is standing in the locker room with us all of his players are celebrating a national championship, and he's talking to us. And, you know, he took time to talk to reporters after winning a national championship and in his locker room. And I think that that just kind of tells me that, you know, these are guys that are going to work well here. They're going to get this. They don't think they're above it and things like that. So
1: those are my impressions. I, I was uh... – I was shocked they talked to you so much about K-State. I yeah, I had told you guys, be prepared to ask around the edges, ask about schemes, get things that will translate to Kansas State uh, but not directly talk about Kansas State. And they talked about Kansas State. And I think they were just really – they're confident dudes. You know, yeah. they don't – I didn't think uh, they knew they weren't distracted in one bit from the job they had at hand. Um, I'm impressed with them. I like them. I like everyone I've met from North Dakota State. and Folks, a big reason why, and it's the same thing that goes back to 2013 when they came here and, and won. Their fans remind me of K-State fans. Uh, there's a lot of cultural similarities here that, um, you know, the way they overrun a bar. <laughs> and this is that's a great that's an incredible story absolutely insane at Frisco they uh, they absolutely overrun a bar uh, on an annual basis to the degree that they have but they have a scholarship they fund a scholarship the bar does
3: it's it's insane guys I wish you got a lot of you guys could have been in Frisco and just seen the culture there is insane it's absolutely insane yeah, but it, we have a question about that so I'll save that so stuff.
1: but anyhow I. Uh, I'm jealous that you guys got to go and, and interact with them. Not going on the road is the best thing for me right now, but yeah. um, it's not the best thing uh, for knowing these dudes. But that was good. It was good that you, you guys were the only ones down there on Thursday. Glad we made that decision. But we have a big enough staff to cover basketball and football. We didn't drop off anywhere. No. Except I didn't film the basketball game. Yeah, that was the only thing. And really, nobody wanted visual evidence of that game. (laughs) 20 views. (laughs) Hey, that's funny. There was more three-pointers than views in the game.
2: Oh, damn. (laughs) Uh, From KSU Cat 80, any word yet
1: uh, on the last assistant coach hire? No. I don't think he's made up his mind. I don't think so either. Indications we're getting is he's going to talk to people at the coaches' convention, which is ongoing. Um, I think he might have an idea, but he's kind of left this as his wild-card hire. But it's important because if he hires D-line, they're running the four-man front. If they hire another linebacker coach, they're running the 3-4. This is really a telling hire. But nobody connected here really knows. I think he's got some guys on a short list that he wants to meet in person and talk to them, and, and we'll see what happens. I think this will be the one hire from completely beyond his contact, that everyone on the staff um, I think at some point they've had contact, you know, at a convention or somewhere. Um, but, you know, I kind of wonder about Van Malone. But maybe he came highly recommended from someone. But I think this is the one he's going to say, okay, I want to sit down with three or four people and, and see who I get the right vibe off of.
2: From I Like Pickle Scat, how did your day change covering more coaches during media availability? Well, I I talked to
3: one player <laughs> we had players galore at this thing guys well and we didn't care about the player we were right. there to cover the game per right second. right I didn't mean it like that but that's how we do it you know we talk to as many players as we can usually and we get their take on it because they're the ones on the field but we had the ability to ask the coaches about things we had the ability to just grab on an... Courtney messingham was not being talked to by Anybody, he was chilling next to a bar, just not okay. It was an alcoholic bar, but it wasn't in service. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> we were in a club level, but uh, he was just chilling up against this bar, hanging out. And I'm like, hey, coach, do you have a quick minute to talk? Yeah, sure. At 15, yeah,
2: he, he yeah. just <laughs> sat
1: there and talked, hey, folks. At, at Go Powercat, you're going to notice how much better. The texture of our coverage is going to be when we have assistant coaches. We're going to have a better grasp of everything going on. Honestly, more scoop. Um, but I don't think this head coach is going to protect information like you know it's a national secret. I, he, I think he's going to come out and lay out injuries. I do too. Which is good. It's good. Look, I get Bill Snyder's um, basic premise that he didn't want anyone to know the injury information to give them an advantage in preparation. That. This quarterback was a plan, whatever. But it reached the point of paranoia when you're suiting up injured players and making them warm up to try to fool the competition. I mean, that just went into the weirdest, bizarre level I'd ever seen. I think Coach Kleiman's like, screw it. It's gonna get out. This guy ain't playing, that guy ain't playing. I think he's just gonna say, I don't care. And that that takes pressure off of us. Real honestly, mm-hmm. it trying to it was stressful trying to chase. Recruiting information under Bill, uh, recruiting injury information under Bill Snyder, and try to figure out when you could release it, when he would be the least pissed. Mm-hmm. And now you're dealing in his final years where he was trying to fool people right up till kickoff, which is just it was crazy. Um, it, so if you take injury information off the table, it's just going to be a lot. Of, you know, that there was so much scoop out there that you know players weren't going to play. It's like okay. I'm you know, I honestly, you had to walk on eggshells at times around yeah. Coach Snyder, and I think just
3: the, the one thing I notice is I sit there and transcribe, uh, you know, six seven minutes or whatever of, of Messingham and a little bit of Ray, and then I'm I'm piecing together a story, and I'm sitting there and I'm reading all these quotes, and I want to put every single quote in there. That's gonna make my story like 2,000 words. Why do you and yeah, no kidding. And I'm like, where do you cut it off? I think having these assistants has has enhanced us all, um, and it's given us a better understanding of of the game itself. You know, we can right. we can understand football all we want, but having a coordinator's mindset and having those words is it takes us up to a whole new level.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: From Meow Power, who is your early favorite of the new assistant football coaches? After talking to them,
3: <laughs> well, I want to like Connor Riley, but I <laughs> didn't get to talk to him. Um, and then obviously we haven't talked to the defensive staff, um, but I think Messingham, as of right now, I, I don't, I don't mean like, oh, I didn't like Jason Ray, I didn't like Joe Klanderman. I don't mean like that, but oh, you're I, not in the housing market either. You don't really want to buy. It. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I I like talking to Courtney Messingham because I felt like he was just, just another dude. He didn't, he doesn't strike me as a football coach, you know. He just strikes me as a dude and that just happens to be his profession and and we just were kind of chatting some things and um, he was very transparent, put it out there and and I liked it, you know. I don't so know I what like thought. I feel like he's
2: the type of guy that would love to talk football with anyone who wants to talk yeah. football with him. Yeah. Like he can just talk
1: forever. Yeah, you know, and now I'll talk about this now that they're gone, but on the coaching staff change, I had a great relationship with Dana Dimmel. Um, I was critical of him on the field, and he was a man enough to not take that off the field. Um, I had a great relationship with Tom Hayes. Tom Hayes, a, and I went to the same restaurants. I mean, he's a big fan of Tanner's, a big fan of Wahoo, and we saw each other all the time. We'd talk about fam. We'd talk about stuff. Tom didn't give a rat's ass that I was critical of things football-wise. Mm-hmm. Those are guys you like. They respect. They understand your job, You and they know their job, um, and you know, they're, they're just, it just goes with the industry. It goes with getting paid what they get paid. They're going to get some criticism. There's a new generation of coaches that are so touchy about anything. So it's going to be fun dealing with these guys. That you can sit down and talk football with them. You don't have to be secretive about it. You'll be at a media day or you know a Tuesday press conference, a Monday press conference, or whatever it's going to be. You can sit there and just talk football uh, and and get a better idea about schemes and and what they're trying to do and. It's really, honestly, it's lacked from our coverage. Mm-hmm. And it, that started in 2005 when Thanks, Bobby when Bobby Elliott criticized Bill Snyder and we never saw an assistant coach again, except at a bowl game occasionally.
3: I think Van Malone's going to be, you know, we haven't talked to him, but I think Van Malone's going to be real fun because he just strikes me initially from, from some chats, some people, other people saying some things that he's going to be pretty open to. I'm excited to talk to him. Plus, he's got a cool name. Van. I'm Van Malone. From, from Limestone Silo,
2: knowing the climb and coaching staff, which player unit do you expect the most dramatic improvement
0: from?
3: Again, I don't mean to I, – I sound like I'm just the, the biggest Connor Riley fanboy right now. It's probably because he has my name. But I do really that's think – That's probably it. Yeah, I mean, I do really think, though, the offensive line is going to take it. And that's not to say Charlie Dickey was not good at what he did because he was phenomenal at what he did. But – I'm watching that North Dakota State offensive line on Saturday, and they just they just do what they want. Now, granted, it, it's a different scale of players. I understand that, but I think he, I think there's something about him. I think he's a pretty underrated coach right now, and I think he's yeah, gonna I'd agree. grab these these you know three returning starters, four if you count Josh Revis. and I think he's gonna do something special. I think this offensive
1: line is gonna be really improved. I love Charlie Dickey. He's a great coach. Uh, and his wife and daughters coming down the sideline into the, the game. It's one of my <laughs> favorite K State football memories of recent history. Just this so parade energetic. of fur coats. <laughs> <laughs> just amazing. Just beautiful. And uh, I, I love the guy. He's a really good human being. Um, but I get why they brought in Connor Riley. He's essential to what they want to do offensively because the blocking schemes are so ingrained in, in what they are doing well um, that he, he had to come. He had to come with Messingham, and I like that a lot. Uh, I think the best group is going to be the receivers, and here's why. is They're going to be used properly. They're not going to be thrown to a ton, but when they're thrown to, it'll be with purpose. Um, and you can watch North Dakota State's offense as it goes through a game, and they do that. They run it more than they throw it typically, but when they throw it, it has meaning and purpose, and they spread the ball around on the field. I think it's going to be a fun offense to watch if if they can get the horses to run it. And that doesn't mean they have to have the better players. That's what's the beauty of that offense. You can run it with – with they run it with better players than their opponents, and that's they winning all these national championships. You can run this offense very successfully with the kind of players you can get at Kansas State. And I think that's what Gene Taylor recognized, and I think Chris Kleiman understands that. You can go get the offensive linemen you need. We've seen it over and over. Five-star offensive linemen – at the college level doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a five-star college player. You know, I just look at Cody White here, three-star player. BJ Finney, two-star, ended up walking on. You know, you can you can find guys in Kansas like you can in the Dakotas and Minnesota. Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, Oklahoma, you can find these big kids and develop them and really have a, an all-star offensive line. Um, you know, Dalton Reisner, yeah, he's just a, that guy's a badass on the football field. I think he would have been even better in this offense uh, because he does—he's so athletic, he can do things. Um, I, I just love the diversity of this offense. It looks so similar to K-State. It's not quite K-State's offense. It's very similar, but it's like K-State's offense with diverse play calling. Exactly what's been frustrating to so many fans. They got to go get some running backs in. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, they're playing three running backs, and one of the best ones didn't play because of injury. So they're 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 rotating guys that like K State has had in the past. Now K State suddenly doesn't have any running backs. Well, I think
3: K State has some. I think they got running backs. They just don't have <laughs> running backs that they need, um, and they got unproven running backs. I think Harry Trotter is yeah. probably a really good running back. But
1: I, I think Harry Trotter is going to fit some of the schemes they want to do very well. Right. Also from limestone
2: silo, those books are incredible. <laughs> Uh, do you have any guess on what Kleiman's non-con
3: schedule concept might be? No, don't. No, but I can make a prediction. I don't think he's going to be afraid. I think in the end of the question, they ask if he's going to, you know, schedule two Fuddy two, duds, two FCS teams, which no, they're not going to do that. <laughs> and then one and then power, then the power five? five, he's forced to play. Out, no. he's not going to be Dana Holgerson. Okay, he's not going to schedule three power five conferences or whatever Dana did there. That's just. Ridiculous. I
1: think they're going to do what they're doing.
3: I think they're gonna. I think they'll beef it up a little bit. Um, yeah,
1: win. Yeah, that's the thing. The schedule. The says. schedule's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than uh, you know a, a well, non-conference I'm, game against a team that might be MAC level, you might see him do a two for one with a Air Force. I don't know. I'm just right. Out. Let me put it one like two.
3: this. I don't think you're gonna see a whole lot of more Missouri State on the schedule. Playing Missouri State is is just whatever. I think you're gonna see a little bit. More uh, uh, bigger schools, you know, a little bit more talented.
1: They asked him if he'd play North Dakota State. This is just a guess on my part. Please don't. This is, yeah, (laughs) but this is just a guess on my part. I think he's going to recognize the lack of value in playing FCS programs. You have everything to lose in that equation, as opposed to playing a lesser MAC team or a lesser Mountain West team or a lesser Conference USA team. Because that North Dakota State team is better than a lot of MAC teams. It's better than the lower half of almost any of those non Power 5 conferences. You've got a lot more to lose in that. Kansas State's loss to North Dakota State hurt the program. Yeah. It hurt the program, guys. It set the program back. And beating them, what did that mean? I think he might actually steer away from playing FCS teams unless he feels this this noble need to be noble and good to my brethren.
3: I'm a little afraid of that.
1: Which which I understand that instinct, but do your job, what's best for your program. Now some of those games are scheduled, they're going to he could almost phase him out without anyone noticing at first because there's enough teams on the you know, next year' schedule set. I can't think. It's Nichols State and
2: Nichols, and then next year you have North Dakota. Those are the last two FCS teams that are on future not schedules. Same year, but those are the next two years, right? Right. Twenty twenty yeah. is North Dakota.
3: Don't you know that one? He'll love playing. Would you improve? Would K State improve by playing a South Dakota State? Absolutely. That's a good program. It's a program that probably wins the national championship. Oh, excuse me. There's uh, Southern Illinois on here too. Yeah. I'm sorry. If North Dakota State doesn't play them, South Dakota State probably contends for a national championship. But like you said, sure, your program might get a little bit better by playing them, but you don't got nothing to gain and everything to lose. Don't don't put them on the schedule.
1: Yeah, Iowa State. Don't put yourself behind the eight ball. Iowa State was more than happy to postpone that game with South Dakota State this year. Yeah. And they ended up almost losing to Drake, which is a non-scholarship program. South Dakota State probably beats Iowa
3: State this year they were, because Iowa State didn't have it figured out in the
1: beginning. No, they didn't. And that's the thing is, um, yeah, I, I – I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. They they need to play seven at home for financial reasons, so that limits your ability to go play. Um, you know, two for ones. You pretty much have slotted out for the next ten years until I retire. Uh, <laughs> so I got to get a job in
3: the next ten years. Home
1: and away, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> I, when I say retire, I mean like finally quit doing anything. But this that'll be like a stair step down to like. Almost nothing. <laughs> uh, anyhow, I I think uh, the schedule is set. I mean, they got home and away set all the way yeah. through, right? I think so. Give it to me there, buddy. Yeah,
2: uh, I guess I missed Abilene Christian in 2022 as well. So the, they, do, so the next four years they, they do out. have they do have FCS teams, but then it goes. I mean your your power or I mean your whole schedule is Buffalo, North Dakota, Vanderbilt for 2020, Stanford. Nevada, oh Southern Illinois, 2021. That might be a little.
3: I think they could buy out interesting.
2: some of these opponents. Uh, 2022, Abilene Christian, Mizzou,
0: Tulane.
1: Love it. Uh, t- That's a good schedule. Those
2: are all home games too. By the way, so you go three. Yeah, there's three straight years yeah. where there's all home games. They go on.
1: They go to Mississippi State, and then they got the paybacks. Yeah. For Vanderbilt and Stanford. Vanderbilt and Stanford coming back-to-back years. And then they start Ooh. the Missouri. Ooh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so you
2: got Missouri and tr- at Mizzou and Troy in 2023. Oh. At Tulane and Arizona at home in 2024. At Arizona 2025, that's the only game that year. Why are we scheduling year. these that far out? Well, I mean, if you think about it, I mean. You have to. I know, it's just stupid. But, I mean, if you think back to, like, when K-State played at Auburn in 07, that return game was in 2014. That's 7 years down the road. That seemed like forever then. I mean, I know that 2031 is a lot further off than that, but it's it's not that far outside of it, you know. It's just kind of it's crazy that I'm we're Sometimes you got to do it that
3: far. I'm going to almost be 30. Yeah, let's not talk about age, man. Yeah. I'm just saying.
2: But to continue 2026, 20, you got Washington State and Tulane both at home. 2027, 2028 is at Colorado, then Colorado at home. 2029, you return to Pullman and Washington State. And then 2030, 2031 goes Rutgers, then at Rutgers. That one they need to dump. Yeah, dump it. Nothing to gain. They really do. They, they First of all. Who knows what football is going to be like in right. 12 years? You know, who knows okay. what
1: conference all, anyone will be in at that point. Uh, and you gain nothing by playing a team in New Jersey. It really, I mean, you the know. The worst Power 5 program out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know you're trying to play a Power 5, but go to Orlando and play, you know, Central Florida or Tampa and play South Florida above Rutgers. Hey, Rutgers is going to be a dynasty. Unfortunately,
3: 40, you're going to have to get that Power 5 in there somewhere if you be. buy out Rutgers. Yeah, it, it, That's your Power 5 that year. So. Well, I mean, I know. seriously,
2: though, we're talking about 12 years from now about potential opponents that are on the schedule right now. We don't even know if – Chris Klein is going to be the coach.
1: Then
3: <laughs> he could can be canned. I mean, there yeah. could be two
1: coaches between well, the time K State plays Rutgers. I'll and be now. sixty-six. I'm telling you, folks, I'm not going to Piscataway ever again. I've done it. I'm not doing it again. I'm just not going to go. Why'd you do it once? K State basketball played out there, and you went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn, that's when we had a travel budget. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and plus we went. Um, I can't remember, but both Howard Richmond and I uh did a story with Greg Shiano about the similarities between records and K State and they really mm. were. Um, and that's the that was the fateful moment when my friend Howard and I who we stayed in Philadelphia, um, uh, had a great cheesesteak by the way. We got up on the highway and as we're coming up looping up on the highway, there's a fork in the road, and we had to take it. This is Yogi Bear. Um, and one way was New Jersey and the other way was Delaware. Now, now, seriously, think about these as your choices in life. I can go right to New Jersey or left to Delaware. We chose New Jersey because we had a football game to cover, and we're still not sure if Delaware actually exists. I would have taken Delaware. That way you'd check off that state. Because you're never get, going there again, man. get that, that state right. off the list. and Yeah, yeah so that has been a running joke between my buddy Howard and I. You ever been to Delaware? Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm not sure it exists.
2: Um, I think this is the last question from the second half from Wildcat Wabash. How much added pressure will there be if Kleiman gets off to a slow start and Neil Brown, who we could have hired, immediately starts winning at West Virginia?
3: I know where this question is coming from. I saw someone put it out on Twitter this weekend. You know, oh, we'll get to see who made the right hire. I get the premise of
1: it. It's not a fair comparison. It's not a, it's not a sprint.
3: Well, and even.
1: I... Was Matt Rule a bad hire two years ago? Absolutely. Was he a better hire this year? Yeah. But but I guess well, I guess what I'm saying is
3: I don't. Wait, c- he was a bad hire. Yeah, he I was one wasn't a great one. I know he did that. I didn't think
2: it
1: was a bad. But hire. But there was a lot of people saying, "Well, boy, he sucks." And this year he took yeah, a double.
3: Yeah, that's what he's
2: saying.
1: Okay, but yeah, I'm
2: not
3: saying uh, it's a bad. Uh, you're saying they did poorly at
1: but first, but it's uh, not
2: a
3: bad hire. I'm so. even going to argue this. Let's say Chris Kleiman flops. I mean. Three straight five win seasons gets canned, and Neil Brown's out here winning eight nine games with with West Virginia. Uh, yeah, it's easy to look at it and go well. West Virginia got the better coach, and you can probably make that argument. But I can easily make the argument that if Chris Kleiman had gotten the West Virginia job and Neil Brown went to Kansas State, and Chris Kleiman could have succeeded better than Neil Brown because of you know maybe he recruited had a different recruiting area, he had a better setup.
1: I it's. I'll, I don't I'll, think you can compare apples and oranges like that all the I'll, time. I'll say this. I think K-State got the right guy for them, and West Virginia did a great job hiring their right guy. They got a southern guy. Mm-hmm. And as far north as West Virginia is, it still is a southern school. still feels very southern. Um, and K-State has a lot of Midwest values. And they, it was important for K-State to find someone that could— If successful, stay a long-term. That was important to the psychology uh, and the, you know, just the culture at K-State. West Virginia's fine if Neil Brown says, you know, I'm coming here for five years and I'm off to whatever. They're kind of okay with that, you know. They were almost tired of Dana because eight wins was boring. You know, I get why they were tired of him. He beat he Dana opened the hell out of that thing and beat the posse out of town. Yep. Um, he was going to get fired the next year. He knew it. Everyone knew it. So he went to a lesser job where he could be very successful. That's that's the Dana Altman.
3: Like I said, you can sit here and compare and you can say that one school got the better hire if they win more games. And you have a case. But I just I don't think it's entirely representative of
1: what would have happened had the shoes been flipped, you know. Just, that's all I'm saying. Well, think of it this way, folks. Neither one is the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> oh, you got fired from a Big 12 job? Come to the NFL. It's one of the strangest things I, I've ever seen. If you missed it, Cliff Kingsbury it's the new coach of the Arizona Cardinals because when you're hiring a coach, making sure they're male model good looking is always
0: important in the NFL. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp podcast.
3: I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps autocorrecting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. just did it again. Well, the Fridge is more than just a liquor store. The Fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers. Plus, they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year.
0: Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge
3: Wholesale Liquor. 1150 Westport in Manhattan. Online
0: at FridgeLiquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other Go PowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only Go PowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the camp Podcast, sponsored by Fringe Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back to the Powercat Podcast. We put a little bow on this first edition
1: of Fitz being on the podcast in 2019. They did one without me, guys. That's right. We started the year without Fitz. They left me out. Oh. Damn party. If you missed it, it was really informative. Riley hosted it from down in Frisco with our new Contributing writer Ross Hugleman. It was good stuff. Y'all want more from Ross? We're going to figure out how to bring him in on a regular basis. We got a lot of plans ahead for 2019, and we'll unveil those a little bit later on down the road. We got to finish building that studio, though. We got we got. to finish
3: a lot of things we in got,
1: here. This place is in transition for way too long. We've got sound foam on the floor in our entry area. Zach, we're going to get after this. If yes. I don't end up in the
3: hospital the next few please. days, please. We haven't clean, We haven't finished painting the walls that we started painting during the bye week. It's, it's you just know a that mess. that old K State picture
2: where the fans are up in the rafters of Nichols Hall, and it says we want a field house. Yeah, that's me, but it says we want
3: a studio.
1: Yeah, and, that, <laughs> and it's also
3: me saying I want a real desk.
1: <laughs> it's going to happen. We got to get it done. Getting your new office done is the most important. That's thing. what I've been trying to say. The most important thing, because we get that done, we move stuff into there. And Which is funny because get... I don't
3: even care. <laughs> I told Zach, I was like, yo, Zach, we got to get on it this week. Like, let's get in there. Let's clean the floor. Let's finish the painting. Let's move in. Zach's like, eh, it'll happen when it happens. You got to. But, like, do. my, That's what my I said. computer is set up there. Like, it's
1: just uh, like, it's, gonna, it's, it's, it's all gonna set It's going to be okay. Up. It's going to be o- changes sometimes. All I'm going saying
3: is it. if we buckle down, we can get it done in, like, a couple
2: hours. Yeah, if you don't put any painter's tape down, yeah, it could be done in a couple hours. But did you do it right? No. Don't Man, get me we started. Got lot, we
1: got a lot of paint to clean up. Don't get me started. Okay. Anyhow, uh, but we are—we're building a studio. It's going to be cool. We're still trying to get it laid out, design it. <laughs> but I have bought furniture. I don't know uh, if it's great furniture, but it was inexpensive. It, it wasn't quite what I was looking for, but it'll—it'll it'll do. It'll—it'll it'll do. I think. Uh, but we're going to build it out. And Worst case scenario,
2: it'll be a nice place to take a nap. I thought you said that this couch was not comfortable for sitting
1: long periods of time. Well it's not, it's firm. So that when you're on camera you're sitting up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even it's not really not even up. It's kinda of like a short couch. I mean I I'm I'm a short guy, so I can so, take naps. Yeah, that's true. So but we're gonna have a nice fifty inch monitor in there. It will be a nice place to hang out. We'll play Fortnite on it. Oh wait, no, sorry. That's it's not for the content. It's
3: not content we want on the site. No, no,
1: we're not gonna have any. We're not gonna talk about our gaming on the site or anything. That's kind of weird. Okay, uh, we're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Uh, we have a lot of fun with the fridge. We appreciate them being an ongoing sponsor. Man, they, it's been a great relationship. I feel like we've been good for them. They've been good for us. Yo, know, it's a nice thing. Uh, it's a horrible Italian. Uh, and this segment sponsored by the High Low. And get in and say uh, say hi to Seth and everyone that's there. Um, I just had to a RSVP a no to Adam's wedding. That one of the coeners. My older brother that I live with
3: went to the Hilo this last weekend. Really? Said I just found out about the Hilo. I'm like, okay, well, you're kind of an idiot. And he goes, I got this pizza had he's like pizza had hot Cheeto dust. What? And then more Cheetos on top of it? Mm -hmm. This is is,
1: wild. I don't do this. Do you do this? No, I don't smoke weed. There we go. That answers (laughs) that.
3: He legit said it's probably
2: something that a stoner would eat. (laughs) Yeah. flaming Hot Cheetos on a pizza. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, sometimes I get nutty with my pizza and get extra cheese. But, yeah, he said it was really good. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, We need to go back and have another burger, though. Or more pepperoni. Breaks. Is that where we're going tonight? <laughs> Are we calling an audible? I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have time. Well, I got to get this podcast done so it's up on the the website. The podcast. So we're gonna stay right here in the neighborhood. Okay, here we go. Like a fire station. Yeah, fire station. Let's
3: start the
2: overtime so we can eat. <laughs> Here's the overtime from azcat Five. How was the atmosphere for the FCS
3: championship? It was pretty cool. You know, <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I thought the tailgate scene would have been really cool as I'm walking in and I see all those North Dakota State fans tailgating. Um... And then, I mean, the, the game itself I'm talking about, not the days leading up to it, obviously, but, uh, you know, people are always like, oh, it's the FCS. It doesn't really matter all that much. It's, it's low-level football, but they take it seriously. Sure. And uh, it was pretty loud. It was pretty rocking.
1: Well, it's just high school football. Yeah, it's Texas high school football. People, what, no matter what level you're at, if you're playing at the highest level of your competition, it's a big deal. I don't care, you know, junior college, whatever you're doing, man. I, I get kind of mad at people that, make fun of it or you know call it division 2 it's not division 2 Washburn and Fort Hayes are division 2 this is these are division 1 programs they play division 1 basketball they're eligible for the NCAA tournament they're just in the lesser division of division 1 football
3: it was a it was a crazy crazy atmosphere
2: is that right? stadium yeah. big enough for this though Well there was only 17,000 people there that's not capacity. But I think they could sell more
1: but it was sold out I think
2: they yeah. could sell more I think it was crazy that it was only seventeen thousand. Yeah, because like I, if you think about Sporting Park, which is a similar stadium, which I think honestly I'd rather it be would played be better, better fit because it's you, the atmosphere would just. There's something about Sporting Park that's special.
3: That's cool. Yeah. Um, they should move it to Kansas City.
1: But well, I was thinking they they should just have it at the North Texas Stadium. If they're gonna ha- if they Maybe. are committed to the area, that that is a bigger, nicer yeah. stadium. Yeah, that's the thing. I just don't get like why wouldn't they make it more central, especially
3: when you have North Dakota State consistently there. They want them they want it in warmer weather, I guess. I get it. Play it in a dome. Play it in the Fargo dome. Just go
2: ahead
1: and just let them have it over
2: yeah. <laughs> Um Yeah, I thought it was it was interesting. I thought it was I thought it was, you know, you talk about 20 25,000 North Dakota State fans and then they announce the attendance and it's under eighteen thousand, it was kind of surprising, considering how big that stadium is. They did reduce the size a little bit with their new um, soccer hall of fame, the National Soccer Hall of Fame in the South End Zone.
1: Where but did they get that? Why? Yeah,
2: uh, Lamar
3: Hunt probably.
1: That's it's all probably about the main Lamar reason. Hunt, isn't yeah. It?
3: yeah. Do you remember the two thousand twelve Texas game where the, everybody stormed the field, and it was it wasn't so much that they beat Texas; it was that you know they won, hey, the, they won, and, they won and the we're going to celebrate all that kind of stuff. <laughs> It was like that, you know, and, and we were talking to Ross about it and he was like, You know, a few years back they kinda tried to stop people from going on the field, like, hey, don't under no circumstances are you to come on the field. And now they just open the gates, you know, flood out here, go go celebrate. It's ridiculous to make the fans stay in the stands when they're accepting the trophy on the, okay. the stage or whatever. It was really cool to see all the fans down there and like, Hey man, you know, they're all hugging each other, it's fun. It was a great time. I liked it. It's so much it safer too. If
1: you if you just let them go. And don't make them rush you and get into the stampede situation. Just, okay, the gates are open. Come on down. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. From
2: Watercat, could K-State fans outdrink North Dakota State fans?
3: No. Guys, I love you. I, don't, I so. don't know. I don't think so, guys.
1: I, I think uh, they're bringing in – this is what's going to be interesting to me. When North Dakota State's on the road and there's not a conflict with travel, are they going to come to some K-State games now? Because if so – Aggieville is going to be very freaking happy because these people can put it away. The hotel lobby tailgate was incredible. I still can't get over that. They're, lob- they're tailgating inside the hotel. At and Lombard. it's a thing.
3: I went to bed. I had that tweet about yeah. this North Dakota State lobby party. It was like 20 likes on Twitter or whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's kind of funny. Some people like that tweet. I woke up to 40, 50 retweets. And 200 likes because some North Dakota State tailgate page with 10,000 followers retweeted it. And this is a thing. This is not a one night, really? oh, hey, we're all at the hotel. Let's have some drinks. Someone, someone, replied. Quoted, someone quoted and said, I am so missing Thursday night at the comfort suite. And I went, what? This is a thing? It is legitimately a thing. And I loved it. These people can drink Bush Light like it's nobody's business. Did you say Clannerman liked the tweet? Yeah, Joe Clannerman liked the tweet.
1: Love it. <laughs> I guess when you live in Canada, you want to tailgate indoors. Uh, yeah. The best part about it was I didn't see one like
3: belligerently drunk North Dakota state. And I'm sure there were some, but like it wasn't a mess. It was like they handled their alcohol, they won a national championship, and then they drank some
1: more, and then they went home to Fargo. <laughs> It's amazing. They're great fans. I, I hope they do come down at some point.
2: From I like Pickles Cat. If K State had played Eastern Washington, what would you set the spread at? Man, Eastern Washington tough. minus three.
3: I don't think I'd take Eastern Washington to be the favorite. I I, I think I, that game was close because North Dakota State played pretty sloppy. Pick. I <laughs> yeah I.
1: Where's the, Where's the game being played? <laughs> I, I think the brackets were out of whack. Oh, yeah, I think there's no doubt in my mind they should have been playing South Dakota State in the national championship. Absolutely, they should. Just, just watching them, they seem like a better team.
3: And I don't care that they rolled South Dakota State in the semis. It, it's different. They played it in the Fargo Dome, right. for goodness sake. Yep. Um, I think K-State would be the favorite. Like I said, Easton Stick had five touchdowns, but he wasn't that great in this game. He missed some pretty bad throws, made a couple of mistakes turning the ball over. Uh, the defense was a little bit flat
1: at times. Honestly, they kind of look like...
3: They played like a C-plus, B-minus game and
1: still won by 14 points. Yeah, that's how much better they are in their competition. So... so I went th- took that thing to just an unfathomable level, how good they were. I think K-State's the favorite.
3: Probably three or four points. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading down
2: the, down the list. I didn't realize we were moving on there. <laughs> uh, from T. Everson, Riley
3: and Zach, what was it like covering a national championship game It was was special. You know, I I I know it's not anywhere near what it would have been like to cover Alabama-Clemson. It's a whole different level. Um, It it doesn't. As much as I just defended it, it isn't the same importance as Alabama-Clemson. But
2: But it's important to
3: the people involved.
1: Exactly. It is Alabama-Clemson if you're Eastern Washington and North Dakota State. Yeah, exactly. From Um, a coverage standpoint, I felt like...
2: I didn't feel like we were covering a game. We were covering a coaching staff. Like it just, it didn't feel like it. It was really weird. Game.
1: Even me being back here, you're like, boss. What do you want out of the game? I'm like, I. We should probably do a short game story for the network. I mean, we're there. Let's go ahead and provide it for CBS and 24/7 Sports. And you did that. I go. Most of your work is done. Yeah. I mean that that Thursday was the day to be there. Right. Um, Most of your work's done. And you've done an awesome job, so just get what you can. And you guys had lesser coverage, less coverage on the Saturday, but it was still really good stuff. I mean, I'm always
3: going to remember it. You know, it's – it is a national championship. And it's – it was just – we were treated very nicely too. You know, it's – they take it very seriously. We had – Interns come up, you know, every time out. You guys need anything bring you water, bring you this, that? I didn't have that up in the press box. Yeah, man, we had it. It was, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it'll, it'll definitely, now it's not the Elite Eight. That was pretty special. Yeah. Um, bowl games are pretty cool. but And the bigger the bowl,
1: the better. Yeah. The Cactus Bowl being down there towards the bottom for me. <laughs>
3: but I still felt like the Cactus
1: Bowl was. It's bigger, exceptionally so to well speak. run. It's exceptionally well run, except for their understanding of the difference between media needs between the Fiesta Bowl, which is a national kind of thing and you got to protect your rights. I get it. Yeah. And the flipping Cactus Bowl between two teams that are just happy to be there. Anyhow,
3: I, I think at the end of the day, it was more so the way I looked at it wasn't what I, what I was doing. It was the way I saw it was if a North Dakota. Got it. A North Dakota State fan was sitting in our seats when we got there, um, because the way that our media was set up, there was like a lounge where they had a bar, and um, if you're in this bar area, you can just go up to the glass and watch the game from the glass. The soccer game. Well, they put a curtain up there, and we sat in that kind of area. So some fans were in there because it's not checked, mm-hmm. and they were they just seemed fascinated. You know, this was the first time they had been to Frisco to watch North Dakota State. Big North Dakota State fans, and they just thought it was really cool all the everything that was going on and the way that i looked at it was man if someone turns around because we were up against the glass like i said and sees me i'm covering their national championship this is the pinnacle for them and that was what was pretty cool for me was that they saw that at that height and i was the one bringing coverage for people so that that was really cool i thought in my opinion
1: you were chris fowler
3: (laughs) well (laughs) come on now (laughs) I didn't put any. I'm not Steve Lee Corso. Scott I didn't put Kirk Herb Street. Come on.
1: <laughs> By the way, Lee Corso was fabulous ha- rapping at halftime. He was incredible. The national championship game. What? <laughs> Lil Wayne.
0: Oh. Lil Wayne was awful.
2: <laughs> Dan Lucero tweeted. Stephen Tyler looks terrible.
0: That's
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Tyler is> right. <laughs> From, from Watercat saw a Twitter war of words among the GPC crew over the weekend. So is GPC still firmly committed to Team Waterburger?
1: Look, I'm. Oh, we threw down some. Look, no, hold on. It's not. Nobody is required to love Whataburger. Ryan Wallace has his own taste buds and his own opinions. We accept the fact that he's wrong. Uh, <laughs> and Ross, let's put Ross Uglum in here. What did he say? He doesn't like Whataburger that much.
3: No. He He's, from, he's not even American. In fairness, he's had said
2: Bugger!
3: I think you're missing the R in Whataburger, and that's he's why you say it wrong. No. He's had it one time, um, but he had the sweet and spicy. Why? That's what I told Go him. Go in there and get a damn
1: burger. Yeah, we told him. Why'd you have a Well, I had chicken strips. He was like, well, maybe I,
3: I ordered the wrong thing. I'm like, what'd you get? He's like, the sweet and spicy. I'm like, yep, you got the wrong thing. We learned him a thing or two learned him up we learned him a thing or two look Ryan, look Ryan Wallace we love him he does great stuff for us and he's one of the best out there proud to have him on our team but i've never been more ashamed <laughs> of a gopowercat.com coworker for belittling Whataburger on twitter i'm just look,
2: disappointed that he's tweeting at recruits yeah. uh, that picked restaurants that he's not a fan of Come we didn't on, pick now. the restaurant he's a fan of man <sighs> Quit yeah. tweeting in recruits, man. Mm, but also yeah. I have a theory that... That's a good theory. I have a theory that I presented before we started recording that that it's not about the burger per se for Wally. It's about the shake because he tweeted. It's about the whole thing. He tweeted about, oh, in and outs better. What does In-N-Out have? Shake Shack. What, do they, what does Shake Shack have? Yep. It's a milkshake. I think that Ryan Wallace enjoys... Drinking a milkshake with his burger, and if you're a
1: fry connoisseur, burger's not your place. I think they're middle of the road fries. It's a McDonald's fry. It's not a great fry. Okay, let's let's take it easy there. Yeah, I don't. From
2: think cut and cook, it's somewhere. Yeah, they're, in between. they're they're well done McDonald's fries.
1: Yeah, I'll, but they're over
3: salted. But also, while we're on the topic, Slim Chickens we have determined is better than. Raisin canes. Raisin canes, and it, it was a tough decision. I'm not, I'm not joking. Zach and I broke it down piece by piece: chicken, fries, dipping sauce, lemonade. And at the end of the day, Slim Chickens had more advantages than Raisin Canes. Look, had. over the really? summer when we
2: write pre-game, post-game edge for chicken restaurants that Riley does, because we need content, yeah, and <laughs> we break down chicken restaurants. Slim Chickens is gonna have those. It's gonna have the big edge. I'm, just I'm sorry. Edge.
1: Okay. But well, we got to go on. We're not going to get Whataburger here for whatever reason. They they hate Kansas. Uh, yeah, I I think it's pretty clear. They're they're on the Patrick Mahomes train, but they won't give him Whataburger. Uh, but they might give him Whataburger. They might like put a send, send the Whataburger trailer up for just him. Jeez. Uh, but I think we need to maybe push uh, Slim Chickens to come to town. I could. See. We got a Popeyes. Now we don't eat there, um, but uh, <laughs> we moved out of Aggieville. Yeah, yeah, let's work on some chickens. Let's let's push. Let's, let's put it in KFC the
3: out the window and West and Side Burger King chickens. No. Yeah, something yeah. needs to go in there.
2: We need stuff on the West oh, Side. Oh, sorry, I thought you said bring in Burger King. No, we're saying put in on the West Side of town because, like, <sighs> look at look at old Chicago there. moving from the East Side to the West Side. Old Chicago mops. They absolutely mop up. Everything on the west side of town. Unbelievable. It's a Monday night. It's 11 o'clock. Is there a
1: parking spot at Old Chicago? No. Why? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been tweeting at other restaurants that are looking at Manhattan like, would you come to the west side too? Because Old Chicago is getting filthy rich because there's a lot of money on the west side. And honestly, I'll be blown here. You don't want to drink and drive ever. But if you're going to take a chance, you're not going to go from downtown or Aggieville. Maybe you've had three beers and that might be your limit and go home anymore. But you do it from old Chicago because yeah. you're not going to run into any police out there. Because you're not. going back to your neighborhoods. So right. You don't you're have to, to, to leave the neighborhood. Home. Yeah. That new development at the corner of Anderson and Scenic is perfect for a bar or restaurant. <sighs> but then i got to drive all the perfect. way. Perfect. Or anything. A drive through anything yeah. so far. It
2: doesn't matter what it
1: is. But it will not, be successful. But see, it's so far for you, but it's so far everywhere else for people on the west side of town. It's about yeah. me, Fitz. Wow. It's about me. I screwed up. Okay. Next question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> From T. Everson, what are your thoughts on Mary Lakes and the possibility of K-State having to di- dismiss players off of their team in consecutive seasons? Well, well they now have. Wait, I, he, he
3: was, did probably, he ask that before? He probably did, and I probably oh, forgot to change it. You idiot.
0: Oh, okay, uh, easy man.
3: there. Snappy. Uh, snappy. Uh, not good at all. It's horrible. I think that in terms of you know the grand scheme of things, there's a nice 50-50 split here. Um, I shouldn't say nice 50-50 split. It's a 50-50 split here between, look, sometimes you get some bad eggs or some, some eggs that end up being bad in the long run. Marcus Foster was one of them. He wasn't a bad kid when you recruited him. But he changed into some things. He had some problems we didn't know about. Same goes with Eternity Willock when she was recruited by Jeff Mitty. Same with Mary Lakes. Anybody that believes that Jeff Mitty intentionally recruited poor character people that are in trouble with the law is absurd. That's the most, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's just stupid. But also at the same time, we have pinned the situation with Marcus Foster and those guys on Bruce Weber and Jeff Mitty and his staff are responsible for whatever happens with these players. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, there is the split there now. um, Credit to Jeff Mitty for, for getting rid of those people. It's, it's just going to end up being toxic and it's a distraction. And it's one more thing to pin against you for people that don't like you. Um, But he's got to start getting those, those people. He's got to start avoiding those problems. I mean, you can't have, I know at the end of the day, Mary Lakes being dismissed is nothing to this team. She averaged like 1.6 points a game in seven minutes. It's not detrimental to the team. But if you're having one of these each year, it's, it's going to start to build up on you. It's going to start to build a little bit of a case against you. And it's a team distraction. This is a young team right now that's trying to figure out their identity. They're trying to get their pieces put together. And when you lose a player, it's not going to do you any favors. It's going to shake things up. So, um like I said, I think it's good that he's getting that stuff out, but at the end of the day, he is responsible, and he does have to take, uh, for lack of a better term, the blame for
1: that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he just kicked her off, moved on.
3: Yeah. From Solid Forty
2: Three, some fans were saying that Alabama could beat the worst NFL team. Even some on this board, after tonight, can we finally shut that down? There is absolutely no way that a college team
3: could ever beat a pro team. No. Well, did you see Clemson last night, though? <laughs> <laughs> even that zero and sixteen Browns team would have gotten, would have rolled Clemson. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't care that they have players that are going to be good in the NFL someday. There is a level of increase in difficulty.
1: Oh look, let's There's put it this
3: way: physical game. You've
1: got. Clemson probably has. I think there was like uh, ten NFL guys off that nineteen ninety eight Kansas State team, and that included really barely Michael Bishop. I guess it did include him, but like ten guys. Okay, so that you got ten out of your twenty two starters. I got news for you. Everyone on the Owen sixteen Cleveland Browns team is an NFL guy. Mm-hmm. You know they're bad. As a team, but they're all NFL caliber players, so right there that tells you all you need to know. There's half your team isn't the caliber of the other team. So I look, Alabama was a very good football team. We're just living right now in a time when college football is about two programs. They're two really incredible programs and we we're enjoying I, I want to look at it this way. We're enjoying one of those epic rivalries between two teams in different conferences that define a generation of football. Mhm. It's just fun to watch. Now, hear me out. Okay.
2: So, in soccer, like in England or United States, they have Here we go. They have FA Cups or in the United States, the US Open Cup, and that's a competition that is open to all teams Right. professional amateur in the country you can qualify as an amateur team move up you know you can qualify for the tournament and if you make it for you know you start out playing lower level teams then you start playing you know lower level more lower level professional teams but so then, it's then, you, like, then you reach the top
1: it's so like the little league where you're playing your local community teams and you beat them then you play your area teams and you beat them and you play your state teams and you beat them then you go to nationals and you play 17 year old boys go ahead no but no <laughs> <laughs> but
2: it would be interesting to see a tournament like that i mean you wouldn't you i mean you'd go nfl division one you know fbs then fcs then i mean division you, two division three you could have
3: you could have a fun tournament like that fun you know to the extent of hey alabama is playing cleveland or uh north dakota state is playing clemson something like that would it be fun to talk about sure but it would not be fun to watch by by no means would it be fun to watch Tua. Would be nine of thirty with four interceptions against the Cleveland Browns. That's what he was last night, and they played Clemson. I mean, he wasn't that bad, but okay. you know, Trevor Lawrence would be trash against an NFL team. Right Come now, on, yep. but he's the number one draft pick for 2021. <laughs> Can't wait till he like flops in two years, and now he's, he's
2: going to park the bus right now. He's never going to play again and again. be the number one draft pick. <laughs>
3: That's it's what look. he's going to do. He's starting the discussion of should the NFL have a one-and-done rule. No.
1: No, let's not do this. Let's not do this. It's, in it's getting
3: out of hand. Well, maybe not a one-and-done rule, but
2: kids out of high school should be able to do as they please. God, no. You start
1: sending a bunch of 18-year-olds to the NFL? What you're going to have to end up with is a developmental league.
2: Sure, you'd have to oh, do okay, that, I, but I really why I Why wrong. should someone restrict? Sponsored if if I want to do it, if I want to put an 18-year-old kid on a football field, and pay him money to do so. Why shouldn't I be able to do it? You'll be out of a job. You, you a can year do that. You
1: just have to start your own league to do that.
3: Okay, because well, you'll also go down as a worse GM than uh, I can't even think of a bad GM off the top of my head. But you know what I'm saying. You will be fired in two years. Yeah, because Minimum. I didn't have the time to pan out. Matt Mellon.
2: <laughs> God dang it! Last question of the podcast from Wildcat
3: Tad: Two best moment from the Frisco trip. Well, I've thought a lot about this. We laid it out there. We did a lot of food there. We had a lot of fun covering the assistant coaches, you know. And my answer for this initially was when Zach and I sat there and critiqued Slim Chickens and compared them because it was honestly one of the the pettiest conversations we've ever had. And even D-Scott looked at us and goes, you guys have some amazing conversations. (laughs) So that was initially my answer. And then we finished the post-game coverage. We had an 11 a.m. kick. We had a little bit of breakfast before, but, you know, we covered a game. We sat in the sun, sweat a little bit. Pretty hungry after the game, right? Got to get some work done, but, man, we got to get some fuel in our systems to be able to go. We were going to run to a Whataburger or something, but you know what? There's a little gas station right pretty close by our uh, hotel, and it also has a has a chain barbecue station in it. And that is called Rudy's. And, folks,
1: they're, they're in Oklahoma, too, man. Folks, couple, this
3: yeah. is not only—undoubtedly, this is the best chain barbecue I've ever had. I would go as far to say this contends for the best barbecue I've ever had. Now, it's not the best. It's not the best. No. It contends. It's up there. I like it better than Gates.
2: The, whoa, the family namesake? Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I do. How may we kick you out of the family?
2: Trust it me, was good, but also it. we were very hungry. Like, yeah, maybe that we was were it. we were extremely, extremely
3: hungry. And I, I give, will say this: they give you free samples. Best lemonade I've had in my life, hands down. Mm. Mm. It could have been just that we were that hungry, Zach, but it was some I, of the best I've had. I, I feel, desperately
2: seek your input now. I feel like like we're getting ahead of ourselves and like wally would be disgusted by this opinion no. and i would agree with him no, 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 no. It was I no good. Mean,
3: by no means am i saying it's joe's and it's not arthur bryant's and it's not, oh, it's not um
2: it's it's horrible arthur bryant's is horrible you're crazy well, fits and it's it's,
3: oh. it's not uh Sorry you don't like jack my stack i mean yeah those three are on an elite level and then there's some more but i'm telling you this was some Damn good barbecue. Yeah. We were hungry, <laughs> is, is what it came down to. I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't preach it as,
2: as, the greatest thing I've ever I put am in my mouth. It was my favorite
1: moment of uh, Dallas. I, Dallas is kind of just a sprawling crap hole for me. Um, it used to be cool, and now it's just uh, suburbia. Yeah, I like Fort Worth better, but Frisco is pretty cool. Frisco is up there. It's north. It's kind of out of it. It it's. You know, it's its town. own place. It's it's, its own place. It's not a really a suburb of Dallas. While it is, it's I mean, not. It is, but but it's kind of its own self-contained place. I mean, it has so much business going on up there that there's tons of hotels and restaurants. And I mean, I think the Mavericks are the only pro team
2: that are not. They don't have a facility up in Frisco. Right, right. You got I, the Stars.
1: So I kind of missed not going to Frisco. Just did Manhattan. Hardly left my house.
2: I think mine was a star scheme. Oh, yeah. You guys saw. uh, Tyler Sagan make a uh, game winner in (laughs) overtime. It's pretty lit, guys. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Hockey's fun. And there's a porn star there. So there's always that. She was. Oh, I guess I could throw in the fact that I went to a local establishment and spent a Pretty penny. Watch like the Cowboys how you say, game.
2: I like how you said a local establishment and spent a pretty penny. Like, just oh, yeah, stop there. And that like, probably <laughs> wasn't a great
3: way to phrase that. I went to a bar, okay, to watch the Cowboys, and I just so happened to sit down to the one Seahawk fan in the entire bar. So when the Cowboys won, I was pretty happy. I was not happy when I got my check.
1: Your check seemed reasonable to me.
3: And this man will be cheering for the Chiefs next week
1: as well. <laughs> Reversible jerseys. I, 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 Nothing would be better than the Cowboys and Chiefs in the Super Oof. Bowl to watch Riley Gates explode. Oh Oof. my goodness, he would wear a split jersey. Cut in half like, like that A.J. Like, Hawk jersey. Exactly, like your back. sons playing on the teams. <laughs> no,
2: I'm just a fan of both because I, my parents hated me and wouldn't let me pick one.
1: <laughs> My parents hated me. We haven't talked me into talk to you about that, Riley. Parents
2: hate me because I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Brian is going to text the group after this.
1: Zach, I don't hate Riley. <laughs> he uh, texts text me separately. Oh yeah, I kind of hate him. He hates me because <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan. Well, that's it for the podcast. That's it. There you go. Sorry about the coughing fit st- uh, the first half. Uh, it happens. I'm surprised I made it through the last two segments. Impressive, I mean. Considering I feel like uh, duty. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to have lots of good stuff. Uh, we're kind of in a transition period right now between, uh, you know, we got basketball going, but the football staff is gone. But recruiting is coming around the corner as Ryan Wallace will uh, get it heated up. The rest of the crew will hop in. We're looking forward to covering this new football staff. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you're going to get a lot of information. If you're not a subscriber to BillPowerCat.com, I understand you lead an empty life. and kind of lost out there come on board um i'm just gonna tell you this there's there's a special coming it's signing date so just be ready if you're listening to this just be ready it's gonna come and then like a cobra you gotta strike
0: power cat podcast all rights reserved gopowercat.com and spirit street publishing